Welcome back to the Oasis Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. As a church, we believe that you're made for this, and God has a plan for your life. Here's this week's message. Anybody grateful to be in the house of God on a Sunday? Super Bowl Sunday? Go 49ers? Okay, I know. Go Chiefs? I see you with your Chiefs jersey on over there, man. I'm so excited about what God's doing. I'm excited to preach this word today. You guys are awesome. I'm so good, y'all. I'm so good. Thank you, brother. I'm really excited to preach this word today, man. I'm pumped up, man. Shout out to the team conference that happened this weekend, man. And um, I'm grateful. Uh, Macy was talking about, you know, the givers in our church. And that's just one of the most inspiring things in the world that people for 40 years have been giving to this house. And we always invite people to go on the journey with us. And the reason why is because we believe in what God is doing here. And uh, when you believe in something, you invest in it. And so if you've done that, you really just free Christine and I up to be who we are. We don't have to like worry about things. And there's been ebbs and flows of giving over the years. And but we always have our core people that really believe in this and really do that. And I'm, I'm grateful for you because there are a lot of people, we're reaching new people. I don't know if you know this, but like so far it seems to be that uh, more through about 350 people to 500 people are coming more on, on Sundays than were just four or five months ago. So the church is growing, things are getting healthy, and it's because people like y'all give, serve, love people. There are people in the kids' ministry right now. Uh, teaching your kids about Jesus. And so I'm so proud. This is the proudest season I've ever had of being proud to not lead a church, but to be a part of a church. I'm, we're a part of this community. We love y'all so much. It's crazy what God is doing right now. And my assignment is very simple. Over the years, it's gotten a lot easier for me to preach is because my assignment has gotten so narrow. It's simply been to prepare you for all that God is, has for you. I believe if you go to Oasis Church, you are blessed. Not because you are, um, we're better than other churches, but this is a church 100% that is positioning people to go outside of the four walls of this church and accomplish things. This is not a church where we want thousands of people volunteering in church but doing nothing in their communities in the world. This is not a church where we want you to experience heaven here and hell at your address. Like, we need to be a church that the enemy is terrified of, that we're going to spaces and we're taking dominion. And so what I'm going to preach to you today, I've been praying about, because I'm going to preach a message on authority. A lot of us don't know, especially living in L.A., how many people moved to L.A. because you had a gift. You have a gift, and you have a great gift. You might have a gift in business, so you start a business. You might have a gift in entertainment, so you get into the entertainment industry and then you get in the entertainment industry and you find out the entertainment industry or the business industry is ran by a bunch of people who have authority. But where they get their authority from? Many of them don't get their authority from God. So although you're gifted, you're overlooked because how many of us know that it's actually spiritual authority that was Adam and Eve's first calling to take dominion in the earth? Think about this. God told Adam and Eve, Fill the earth and subdue it. Subdue is a military term. It means that once you start trying to get out of the four walls of this church, you can clap your hands all you want to, but once you get to that parking lot, there's something out there in the world that needs to be subdued. When Adam, not Adam, but when Joshua was into the promised land, 
What did God tell him? Did God say, I'm going to give you something? No. He said, yes, I'm going to give it to you, but go and dispossess it from the people who have it. So then Joshua had to have some type of military. Everything you're dreaming about, the devil already has dominion over. We never just dream about, I just dream of the day where I could just be holy and I could just. Everything you're trying to do in this season, the enemy doesn't want you to do if it's God. And we need authority. We need real spiritual authority. Real spirit, not just gifting, authority. You know demons recognize authority that when you can walk in a room, you are recognized, not just by God. We say that God knows you, but when you're operating in authority, demons know you too. Do you know that there was a couple of people in the book of Acts that were trying to cast out a devil out of somebody or a demon out of somebody because they thought it was fun? And the demon said, Peter and Paul, we know. Who are you? You want to go somewhere and you want to make some money and you want to have some influence? You got demons going. Who are you? Now, you might think I'm a great leader. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. But one of the greatest compliments I've ever gotten in my life was from a demon. True story. I was walking down the street, had a coffee with a church member, having a, no, we weren't going to coffee. We were going to Jamba Juice. I was getting a Jamba Juice. Like, that, that wasn't coffee. It was Jamba Juice. I just remember I'm walking down the street, and this person was clearly demonically oppressed or possessed, whatever was going on. He was on the corner, wigging out, doing all. It sounded like he was speaking in tongues, but it was some crazy stuff. And when I walked past him, this man stopped and said, we know you. Yes. And my, I said, I bet you do. And kept it pushing. One time, this is true story. Somebody walked in here, and when God is moving, we are going to get some people that are struggling with being oppressed from demons. That's just what happens, and we're not afraid because we have authority. You know, you went, ooh, not me. I, we have authority. One time this man walked up to the front, and, and, and he, I was in the balcony, and he was leaned over, going crazy, walked up to the front of the worship stage in the middle of worship. I was in the balcony. I happened to see him. I ran to the front, put my arm around him, and said, brother, we ain't doing that in here. We're going to get up out of here, and I'm going to pray for you. He turned to me, and I've never seen somebody with this look in their eyes. He says, get your hands off of me. There is lice all over this jacket. And I said, oh! <laughs> brother, you about to have that demon the rest of your life. <laughs> Hillsong is down the street. Mosaic is 11 miles. I'm going to get you in an Uber, and they will set you free. And the Holy Spirit literally whispered, the devil knows you're a germaphobe. And if you know this about me, you know I'm a crazy germaphobe. Before COVID, get your nasty self out of here coughing. Like, my pet peeve is when people shake my hands fresh out the bathroom. I want to believe it's water. <laughs> but sometimes my faith fails me. So please dry your hands before you shake my hands. So the God's like, put your arm back around him. He doesn't have lice on his jacket. He knows you're a germaphobe. The devil knows your fears. He knows everything about you. He knows the prayers you say out loud. 
That's why silence before the Lord is so important because the devil can't know what's in your spirit. But you start saying, you want this, you want that. He goes, really? And sometimes he attacks you, but sometimes he tries to give it to you. So I put my arm back around him, and I'm not even front. I felt, I felt something. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. We walk him out front. I had kept my arm around him. And I said, do you want to be free? And he said, yes. He said, I'm going to pray for you. And I said, Holy Spirit, deliver this man. I command you to come out of this man. And then we prayed for him, and he received Christ right there in the lobby. He stood straight up. He was perfectly normal. And here's what's weird. He took off his jacket and gave it to me, and I grabbed it and gave it to my assistant. I said, this jacket may or may not have lice on it. And they threw the jacket away. But it was crazy because that, the first story I told you, the, the, the person said, I know you. The second story I told you, the, the devil knew what to tell me to get me to back off because he knows you. So he'll tell you something, and he knows you. He knows your insecurities. He knows your fears. And he will tell you things and send people things. And if we're going to accomplish all that God has called us to accomplish, we need authority. Spiritual authority, not positional authority. See, some of us are looking to be the boss so we can have some authority. That is not the kind of authority that I'm talking about. I'm talking about spiritual authority. We see this kind of authority in Matthew 8, verses 5 through 13. Jesus is going into a city, and it said, When he entered Capernaum, a centurion soldier, this would have been a Roman royal soldier that had at, you know, somewhere around 100 men under his leadership, came forward to him, begging him, appealing to him. Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, Jesus, I will come and heal him. Jesus is like, okay, your servant is suffering. I'm there. No, no worries. I got you. I'm going to show up. And watch what the centurion soldier said. Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. This wasn't a person who was following God. This wasn't a person. He says, I'm not worthy. Don't waste your time. We don't need to have coffee. We don't need to get to know each other. Like, this is not, this doesn't need to, like, you're Jesus. I'm this person. I know you said you're willing. It wasn't like Jesus said you're not worthy. Jesus was trying to show up, and the Roman centurion soldier said, I don't need you to show up. We don't need to get to know each other. But here's what I do know. Just say the word. You don't need to come visit me. I don't need to weep in your presence. We don't need to worship for two hours. We, I don't need, I'm worried that the church is becoming so addicted to God's presence, but they're rejecting his word. He said, I don't need your presence. What I need is your word. I want you to catch this because the presence of God is amazing. The presence of a pastor in your life is amazing. But what if we were a church that said, hey, I, don't, I need a word. I need a word. He says, great, I, I know you want to come, we'll have pizza, but no, you're God, just say the word. Do you know there's a story in 1 Samuel, there's a reason why we do baby dedications, where a woman named Hannah could not have a child. And clearly she had been begging God for years to be able to have a baby. So she's in the temple, sitting in front of the Ark of the Covenant, weeping because she could not have a child. And I'm paraphrasing, but a janky priest by the name of Eli, who had janky sons, she was crying so hard. The Bible says this is the strongest word for grief in the entire Old Testament. That's how hard she's crying. She's crying so hard that Eli, the janky priest, thinks she's drunk. And so Eli approaches her and says, why are you drunk in the house of the Lord? When really she was pouring her soul. She says, oh, sir. 
Now, if that was me, and you were at the altar, and you were crying out to the Lord, begging God to do something, I came to you and said, what are you doing in the house of the Lord drunk? Many of us would get up and leave because we would decide at that point, this person has no right to have authority over me because they can't even see that I'm, but not Hannah. She said, oh, sir, I'm not drunk at all. I am just pouring out my soul to God, asking him for a child. And the janky priest gave her a word and said, let it be unto you. Now, I want you to fathom this. She is crying harder than any human can cry. You might be crying harder than any human can cry about direction for your life, what's next. You might be crying harder than any human can cry about what, what it means for your family. Somebody is sick. And the Bible says that a janky priest, not God himself, a janky priest who had accused her of wrongdoing said, let it be unto you as you have said. And Hannah got up, immediately wiped her tears, and went to Target and got a onesie. I want you to fathom this. She hadn't been pregnant, been trying to get pregnant for years. You, you, you haven't booked anything in months. And people have been saying no. Or, or you, the business deals, you haven't closed a bunch of business deals. And so you're crying in the presence of the Lord. And somebody who is not even that great says, I say that God is going to do it. And you say, that is all I need to know. I, I, just give me a word and I'm good. Why? Because that was a time where the word had authority. And I think we've been so abused by authority, we don't want to be under authority. Some of us are just entrepreneurs, not because we're called to start a business, but we're tired of people abusing authority, so we want to be the boss. But the Lord would have you be under authority. And here's a Roman centurion soldier who was not a Jewish, wasn't raised Jewish, didn't know any of the scriptures, but he understood authority. He said, just say the word and my servant will be healed. Just say the word. Do you know in every gospel, Jesus never said be healed? Here's what's crazy. Jesus went, whoa. And, and if you study the gospels, and every single time, Jesus goes, wow, that's amazing. Your faith, your servant is healed because of your faith. But he actually never said the words be healed. The God believed in the word so much that Jesus said, you believe so much, I don't even have to say it. I can think it. And now my thoughts are manifesting blessing. Because the Bible says his thoughts towards you are good. When you have the kind of faith, sometimes God doesn't even have to get the word out, and it's already. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? So Jesus said this. The guy is talking to Jesus, and he goes, no, you don't have to show up. Just say the word. Listen to verse 9. For I, too, am a man under authority. Wait a minute. I, too, am a man under authority. So he's, he's recognizing that Jesus is submitted to a higher authority. He says, I get how this works. I, too, am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who follow him, truly, I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. Jesus had to get more faith from an unbeliever. God forbid if Jesus showed up here right now that he could find more faith in an unbeliever than he does in this room. And the mo these people had raised the dead, they had healed the sick, they had cast demons out of people, and Jesus said, a person who understands authority has faith. Why is this so important? Because you need authority, and God can't give you authority if you reject authority. And you know what happened to the church? This is why pastors really like stop preaching the word. This is why we, they, they start doing all these things and making sure they have all these lights. Why? 
because they know that people don't submit to authority. People only go to churches where they agree. And, and you don't get to have authority through agreement. Most of us are in this room, we're being honest. If I said 10, 12 things you don't agree with, you're looking for another church. We're here because of agreement, not authority. When I, at our 9 a.m. service, our old kids pastor was here, Lorianne. Legend. Shout out to Lorianne. Like if your, one of your kids is back there, you got to clap real loud because Lorianne is like crazy. And when I first got this job, I got a job working for Lorianne. And I was a prophet. I heard from God. And I thought she was just organized and structured. And I'm like, you need to move the spirit up in here. And kids running around acting a fool, none, none of my work was done. And I'm like, Jesus loves you. And I'm speaking scriptures over everybody. And she said, I asked you to do these five things. And you ain't done none of them. I said, yeah, because I'm prophesying over five people. And you up here give me all this task. And we would argue and go back and forth. And the Holy Spirit said, if you don't get under her authority, I will never give you any. I'll never give you any. And he didn't say, agree. Do what she asked you to do. And she would ask me to do stuff, and I didn't agree. Later, Philip would ask me to do things, and I don't agree. As he transitioned, he would, I would say, man, some of the things I didn't agree with. And, he, and one of the greatest compliments he ever gave me was, really? Because he couldn't tell in my body language that I didn't agree. And some of us, when we're abused by authority, we have to agree with everything or we don't move forward. But God tests you by putting you under authority that you want to reject because he plans on giving you authority. This is so important. You cannot go into your calling without learning authority. Because when you go into this space, every demon that is trying to hold you back will submit to someone with authority in the room. Demons don't submit to gifts because they have them. Ask any psychic. They have the same gifts prophets do but they have no authority from Christ. So the only difference between a prophet and a psychic is authority that comes from God, that God commissions. You want God to commission you. And when God sends you into a space, he sends you in his name, which means that he sends you into that space with authority. And you think it's your gift. That's why the people open the door for you. They open the door for you because you're of your gift. But you establish dominion once you get behind the door with authority. This is good stuff, man. This will change your life. He says, I too am a man under authority. He was under authority. This is a really difficult message because we have so many people who have gotten to positions of authority and, and we train ourselves to dishonor authority. Whether you're a liberal and you get a conservative president, you get a conservative, you get a liberal president, we, we, not my president, yeah it is. <laughs> Teacher, not my president. You're like, it's Biden and you wanted Trump to win, not my president. It's Trump, you want Biden, not my president, yeah, yeah it is. Like there's only one president. Some of you say, yeah, well, based off who wins this election, I'm out of here, no you're not. You're going to be down there in Redondo Beach sipping your latte. Stop it. Stop. God's blessed you no matter who is impressed. Like, you know God's blessed you no matter who. Like, will you stop? Stop. Come on, man. Your nails cost 50 bucks. Like, stop. Stop. You scratch your nail. You scratch your face with $100. Stop. 
God's been faithful every single season in your life. Stop. It doesn't like, stop, stop. Like, why are we like this? Ooh, I don't know about this word from Pastor Julian. Ooh, I don't know about this. We just reject authority and we don't understand that in order to be successful, people need to listen to you. They need to listen to what you have to say. You know, the most important, the most authoritative people in the world are not people who do things, they're the people who say things. Somebody says something. This is a true story, man. I'll never, for, I'll never forget this. One time I had an opportunity to, to work, this was years ago, work with one of Will Smith's kids. This happened. And this is before the slap. So he was like, mad, like he was massive. This was way before, keep my wife's name out your mouth. Like he, this is before that. Before that. And we were at a recording studio. And I'm not joking. This is a true story. He said, anybody got Dr. Pepper? And I cannot tell you, 12 people went. I mean, people just started scrambling, running around. And I don't, I'm, I'm sitting there, and within four minutes, a Dr. Pepper was on that table from authority. And he took one sip from that Dr. Pepper and walked off. And it was just me and Will Smith, Dr. Pepper. I said, should I drink it and say me and Will Smith shared a Dr. Pepper? Like, I didn't know what to do. Should I take it home, put it on the mantle, say this is Will Smith's Dr. Pepper? Like, I'm looking at the Dr. Pepper and the Dr. Pepper, like Will Smith, like, it had like the little Dr. Pepper, I'm like, Will Smith drank from that Dr. Pepper. I'm, I almost sipped it and said, yeah, I shared a Dr. Pepper with Will Smith. Like, but I noticed that what he said immediately happened because of the authority. And he didn't ask for a Dr. Pepper. He just said that he wanted one. What if we could get to that place with God? Where God just say the word and we, but no, we pray about it. We figure out, do we agree with it? And that's why we have no authority in the places where demons are because we're not submitted to authority. How many things did you do this year that you didn't want to do and you did it with a great attitude? That is, that is the evidence that you are under authority. So what is authority? Because we can't be under it if we don't know what it is. You know, authority is not who's in charge because sometimes that feels like it's dominating but there's a moral authority. That's the first level of authority is a moral authority. You need to learn to submit to moral authority. We all do this. The culture's trying to tell us that there is no morality, there is absolutely morality. Ask your grandmother who's a Christian, ask your grandfather who's a Christian, because when y'all with grandma, y'all don't do none of the stuff you do. Grandma's in the car, all of a sudden you don't curse no more. Come on. You was, you was, you was listening to little pookie wop and all this other stuff in the car. You listen to a little pookie walk. moment you give your grandma a ride from the airport, all of a sudden the whining is on in the car. You act like you've been listening to that. Pick up your grandma from LAX and worship is playing in the background. Softly stop. Tell me, anytime we picked up their praying grandmother and you listen to little pookie walk while she's in the car. Have you? No one has. Why? Because in that five minutes of the car, you're submitted to the moral authority of your grandmother. And if the moral authority of your grandmother says, no little pookie while we got to play the wine, that's what you play. If your grandmother spent every single waking moment with you, you would never listen to little pookie wop again because you're submitted to the moral authority of your grandmother, which is why we seek to get out of our parents' house in a way so we can express our own moral authority when the actuality is we do this. And if we understood the presence of God was with us wherever we go, we would submit ourselves to a moral authority because we do it all the time. Some of y'all won't curse in front of me. 
Some of y'all won't curse in front of me. Some of y'all won't say anything in front of me because you think I have more moral authority than you. There is an authority where you're like, man, I normally would cuss a brother out, but I'm just going to hold my tongue. The Bible says that that is self-control. It's not that you don't want to do it. It's I want to bust your head open, but I'm not going to. Peace and love, my brother. That's when I'm like, when I want to square off, like I'm from San Bernardino, so I'm a, the fact that I'm a man of peace, where I'm from, I am from the hood hood. The hood. Like, I know you're from L.A. You ain't, no, I'm from the hood. Somebody stole ribs off my daddy's barbecue. This is, I would call my dad right now on speakerphone. And remember the time he went out to the grill after he basted the ribs with barbecue sauce and the ribs was gone. That happened. So the fact that I'm up here preaching the word and I'm, a, that's a miracle. I'm submitted to a higher authority. Do you get what I'm saying? Like I'm not, I didn't have, I want to call my dad in the middle of this service so bad. I'm supposed to be on time, man. But we a church family. Let's go to Pops real quick. Let me see if my dad. Let me see if my dad will pick up the phone real quick, cause y'all think I'm lying to you. Hold on, we'll see. Say, hold on real quick. I'm gonna give you. A, I don't know if he's gonna pick up. Come on, Dad. Come through for your son. Send me a voicemail. Come on, Pops. Your call has been forwarded to voicemail. The person you're trying to reach is not available. At the Just tone, like Sam please Nino record brothers, your message. Man. He saw me calling. If he called me back, I'm going to pick up. What is authority? This is so funny. This is a true story. If he calls back, I'm picking up. More authority. It's also influence. Here's the other thing, it's influence. So some of us, you don't have to buy a check mark. They, 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 they're leveraging finances. They're, they made so much money on Instagram having you buy a check mark because they know how bad you want influence. So they, they, so they charged you for it. You know how God charges you for your influence? By putting you under someone that you will be more influential than and making you submit. You're going to have so many meetings with people you're more gifted than. You're going to have, you, at the point where it doesn't, man, I'm telling you, where I gained spiritual authority, when I first got to the church, my heart was, where would I be without Pastor Philip? You know where I got all my spiritual authority? When I could say with confidence, where would Pastor Philip be without me? And I still submitted. It was when I saw bigger, when I saw, does that make sense? Influence. Here is the most important one, though, especially if you're called to entertainment or film or money. Anybody called the money? Please, God. <laughs> Come on, if you ain't called, Lord, give me the calling. I am not called to be broke. Make no mistake about it. Man, one time when I, when Christina got, and I got so, got married, I was so broke, I looked at my Chase account and it was so low, I took a Benadryl. Like, I had an allergic reaction. Just took a Benadryl. And like, that's like my whole, I broke out in hives and I had to take a Benadryl because it was red. You get that envelope and the, and the letter inside is pink. Come on, somebody. 
So you can't just decide that you're going to pray and get some more money. Because you know what it means? One of the words of authority is the authorization to, excuse me, the delegated power over a designated jurisdiction. So God sends you to a space where someone else has authority and he's planning on giving you authority. It's a designated jurisdiction. So make sure that you don't have a dream or a vision outside of your jurisdiction. Do you get what I'm saying? You, you can't have, God, where are you, not where do I want to be, where are you calling me? And the first place that God will give you authority, can I just help somebody today, that your next 18 months is going to be the most blessed it's ever been. Because the first place that God wants to give you authority is a place you don't want to be. You think I wanted to be in a church? No, I wanted to be rich. Just like you. Oh, Pastor, you're so amazing. I did not want, like, come on, how many sermons have you preached, man? Like, how many sermons have you heard me preach and you didn't pay me? That's not the path to wealth. If I was a life coach, I would be pulling up, and then I got to have a Volkswagen because you get mad if I have a Ferrari. I don't want to have a Volkswagen. I have to have a Volkswagen. I want to pull up on you. Thus saith the Lord. God is good, ain't he? Ain't he in $3,000 shoes? Come on now. That's what I wanted. But God was like, no. And here's what's crazy. This is the happiest I've ever been, and I never got what I wanted. I never got any of the things I wanted, and I've never been so happy in my life. Because Abraham, in the beginning, when they tried to, he said, give me the people. You can keep your money. What good are all your blessings, God, if I don't have your kids? So I, I'm a blessed man. Look at this room. I get to lead and preach to God's kids. That's way better than the Ferrari. But low key, Lord, if you want to do it. <laughs> low key, if you want to do it. I'm here for it. But that's not my delegated jurisdiction. So I can't start trying to sign book deals and do podcasts to, to get the money. I have to wait until God tells me I am now giving you that jurisdiction. Do you get what I'm saying? I got to wait. The other thing it means, this is the, I said that was the best one, but it's not. My dad ain't called me back yet, man. <laughs> Come on, dad. Can you text my dad, man? What is he doing? Text like Cheryl, man, what's going on? Come on, what, what is he doing? He's 71 years old. Like, what is, my dad don't do nothing. He, he literally said, I don't know why everybody's making a big deal about COVID and being on lockdown. He said, all the government did is make y'all do what I do every day, stay home. <laughs> That's literally what he said. He, COVID had no effect on him. <laughs> he said, government just making y'all do what I, I do every day, stay home. Here's the other word that it means. The authorization to decide or act without hindrance. Did you see that? When you have authority, when you have the authority, the hindrances to doing what God calls you to do is the Lord's responsibility to eliminate. No one can hate on you when God gives you authority because God will remove the haters. No one could stop me. One of the things I want you to have the theology about is when you have both gifting and authority, 
No one can stop you from doing what God has called you to do. God is not in heaven trying to give you a role and then going, Moses, what are we going to do? The casting director wants to give it to someone else. I guess they're not going to get it. No. Anytime you don't get something that you believe that God says is yours, find an area in your life where you need to increase your authority. Because you should be able to walk in a room, and if it's mine, it's mine. But we try to go in there, and we, we rehearse a thousand times thinking that it's our gifting. No, there's a lot of people with a gift. But you need to have authority. Authority is something that takes dominion when they walk into a room. Here's the thing. People say all the time, it's crazy that God called you to be pastor. How do we know God called me to be pastor? Because the Bible says that God told Joshua, wherever you put your feet, I will give to you. What if I was just a man under authority and the only reason I'm the pastor of Oasis is because my feet hit Oasis? What if you are under so much authority that all the things you have to do to be blessed is show up places? We don't know that I'm called. I could have just showed up. That's the kind of authority God wants to give believers, but they have to be under authority. So how do we get authority? We know what authority is. How do we get it? Matthew 10, 1 says, and when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power, authority, against unclean spirits. In order to get it, you've got to put yourself under the authority of God's word. Can I just tell you, man, I read the Bible all the time, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I, this, I don't want to do this. I love blessing. I don't like the holiness scriptures. Anybody else? Like, I don't, I don't. But I have to submit to what I don't like about the Bible because submission sustains you until you get to agreement. How many things did we submit to when, uh, when we were in, in you know, uh, in high school? My, my mom used to tell me all the time, man, like, if you live under this house, you ain't coming in this house after midnight. And she said, don't nothing good happen after midnight. And I was 18, turned 18 my senior year, and my mom made me come home by 11.55 because don't nothing good happen. I'm like, Mom, every other kid is 18. You're an adult. You ain't an adult until you pay bills. Come on. That's like, she said, I don't see your name on no bill. And it's like, Back in the day, we did not sit down and have conversations the way that I had. I don't see no name. Go, go grab them bills. They, everything was like <laughs> sarcastic, condescending. Go grab them bills. You go grab the bill. You see any of your names on them bills? It was never, it was never like a conversation. Go grab them bills sitting on it. Do you see your name on any of them bills? No. Then you ain't an adult. <laughs> Don't nothing good happen. And I hated that rule until I got older. And I was like, Don't nothing good happen after midnight. <laughs> and I have rarely, if ever, been outside my house after midnight. Because no nothing good happen after midnight. But Ten, uh, you know, five years of submitting sustained me until I got to agreement. So submission sustains you until you get to agreement. And if you never get to agreement, submission will bless you. You got to understand, David submitted to Saul and Saul was trying to kill him. Trying to kill him. And Saul was jealous of David because Israel was singing a song about David that Saul wished they were singing about him. And when someone killed Saul trying to get David's favor, David said, who told you to lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and had that man executed? Do you understand what I'm saying? David understood this. Put yourself under the authority of God's word. The second thing is put yourself under someone who God has given authority to. Psalm 133 uh, says, behold how good and pleasant it is 
when brothers dwell in unity. I want to invite the team to come up. And it says unity. Somebody say unity. And what does it compare unity to? Not a bunch of people who are getting along and agree. It says unity is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron. So it compares unity to oil on one person. So unity is not the people. Unity is like the oil. So if we want to be unified, we need to find the person that God has given the oil to for this space and be humble enough to get under that person's authority. So I'm not better than you. God is using me as an example because I'm worse than you. And so he's using an example of someone who is worse than you. But at the end of the day, God gave me the oil for Oasis. So if we wanted to be unified out of the church, then the Bible says it's like the oil that ran down Aaron's beard. The reason why I'm the pastor of the church is, is it goes on to say, which falls down on the mountain, and it is there as it flows that the Lord commands a blessing on unity. So what happened was I stayed under Philip so long, for so many years, submitting to his authority because God had given him authority over this space that on October 13th, 2019, when Christina and I took the church, the oil finally hit, finally hit my wife and I. Because I was a man of authority. My daddy just called me back. Hello. hello. Hey, 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 Pops, you are on speakerphone in front of the whole church. Okay. <laughs> and they think I'm lying. Some of them do. And I have lied. I'm not going to, I have lied before. Um, but this time I'm not. And I just need you to confirm that when I was a kid, Dad, that someone brutally, um, I'm just getting emotional, Dad, because I'm just having that trauma from a kid, but did someone steal ribs off of our barbecue grill when I was a kid? Yes, they did. When we, uh, when we lived on Victoria Street. In San Bernardino, right? Correct. W did, you, did you just put barbecue sauce on the ribs, Dad? I was, uh, I, was cleaning, I was cleaning out the garage that day, and I was barbecuing in front of the garage. And somebody had been watching me when I went in the house to get the sauce to, to finish the ribs off. Somebody stole them. <laughs> and dad, how good has God been to us? And how much has he blessed us? Because there's been many of ribs that the enemy has not stolen. Dad, I'm preaching to the church. <laughs> and thank you, Dad, for confirming that message. I'm going to call you back, Pops. I love you. Say what's up to my dad. Love you, Dad. Come on, somebody. Come on. Just so you know your pastor is telling you the truth. I want you to stand to your feet. Listen, we just had a family moment. Because this is important that we understand. This is important that we understand the power of authority. Because God's going to give you authority in this next season. He is. He is. And, and, and you can't have authority if you're not under authority. You can't have authority if you're not under it. So there's a business person in here right now, and God's going to put you under the authority of a bad boss. There is a person here who's called to the industry, and God's going to put you under the authority of a bad agent. And the agent isn't as good as this other agent, but God's trying to bless that agent because of their heart. 
And one day you'll have the best agent in the world, but under this season, you're supposed to be under that agent because that person has a good heart and maybe they're not getting you where you wanna be. I'm just saying, it starts with being under authority in places you don't wanna be so you can be under authority in the places you do wanna be. That's where it starts. And the person, many people never saw themselves in the house of God. What a perfect place to put yourself under the authority of his word. And I'm not saying, I'm saying if God shows you that I'm your pastor, then listen to it. So that when you go into the world, you are recognized by the enemy as somebody who has authority because you've learned how to submit to it. If we do this, I'm telling you, Oasis Church, it is not just your gifting. It is not just how well you do something. It is a spiritual authority that Jesus wants to give to you right now today. Matter of fact, somebody in this room is going to go back into a space where they heard no and they're going to say yes because now because of this word, you have spiritual authority. Does anybody believe it? Give God a praise right now. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So lift your hands to the heavens right now and just repent to God for the authority you've ejected. I don't care if it's the president. I don't care if it's your boss. Repent for the authority you've rejected because you think you can get there with your gifting, but it is authority. It is authority. It is authority. It is authority that you need. And so God, in Jesus' name, give your church the spiritual authority that they need, that every demon runs out of the room, every single spirit leaves. We thank you, Lord, for what you are calling us to do. Thank you, Jesus. Authority in his name. In Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anybody believe in what the Lord is doing? Anybody believe it? I, I tell you these things because I really do love you. And we need this authority. And many people in this room have been the byproducts of, of the abuse of authority. You had a pastor who abused their authority. You had a parent who abused their authority, a family member, a coach, and a, a, a politician. There are politicians abusing their authority. And, and what happens is it makes us reject authority and we're trying to get there through gifting. But unfortunately, God, and I say unfortunately because it's so difficult. It's so difficult to be under authority. There are people in this church that you come here the first Sunday, and man, you love this church. And man, you're grateful for this church. And then after a while, you're here a while, and you get behind the curtains of the church, and you see that people aren't perfect, and it becomes harder to remain under authority when you're not excited anymore. And I'm not asking you to get more excited. I'm not asking you to be hype. 
I'm asking you to be under. That's it. So that when you go into the spaces, the world recognizes your gifting, heaven only recognizes authority. Do you understand what I'm telling you? You gotta have the spiritual authority. And, it, and, and, and young people, y'all are so gifted. This will be, I will say this. This is the most gifted generation in the history of the world. For everybody that's under 30, this is the most gifted generation in the history of the world. But this generation is the worst at authority. And so you're not gonna see the fruit of these gifts because the old saints, back in the day, they knew authority. They stayed at their jobs for 40 years. And we stay at our job for 40 days because we're looking for a place where we don't feel like anyone's in charge. And then we complain about the chaos and the disorganization. Well, yeah, because no one's in charge. Authority is the way forward because y'all already got the gifting. And let me tell you what's even more challenging. When Jesus began his own ministry, he said, the sovereign Lord has anointed me. You start off with gifting and anointing. But when he went to the cross and went through all that pain and all that suffering, his speech was not about anointing. Matthew 28 said, I have been given all authority. Matthew chapter 1 in your life is gifting. 28, when you bear the cross that God has asked you to bear in this season, he will give you all authority to go into every jurisdiction and space he has called you to. If you believe it, give the Lord praise in his house. I'm telling you what I'm telling you, what I'm telling you, he's going to do it. And so I'm going to pray for you today. If you believe that's you, I want to lift your hands and I want to pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for a church that understands authority. If we could teach authority, that we no longer have to put emotional videos about giving. People just give because the authority of your word. We no longer have to, 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 to preach about certain things that people are under the authority of your word. And I pray that if people get under the authority of your word and the authority of this house, God, that, that you, would, you would give them authority outside these four walls. Authority in the, in the marketplace. Authority in the entertainment industry. Authority in the schools. Authority in government. Authority in every space that we would complain about. Christians need to have authority in those spaces. I pray we would stop complaining about culture, stop preaching about how bad culture is, and that we would send Christians with authority into those spaces to be fruitful and multiply your kingdom. I pray that every single person in this room would no longer have a savior, but they don't have a king. Jesus, you are our king, you are our authority, and we have dominion because we are submitted to you. We pray these things and we believe these things in Jesus' mighty name. Oasis Church, shout amen. Come on. And your boy went to blood souls and had ribs yesterday. Lord is a redeemer. As you leave, I'm going to tell you something. You know how you know Adam from the book of Genesis wasn't a black man? You ever tried to take a rib from a brother? Woo! Woo!
My wife just walked off. She just walked off. She's so embarrassed, she walked off. I had no choice, babe. The Lord told me. And I'm under authority. He said, tell them the Adam and Eve dad joke. I said, okay, Jesus, I don't want to, but I will. That is an example on how to be under authority. Church, I love you. Oh, the prayer team. Kind of ruined that. But if you need prayer and you're processing that joke I just told, come up front after church and receive prayer. Love you so much, and I'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share with a friend. To join us on the journey of being present, connected, and generous, visit oasisla.org connect. We love you so much, and we'll see you soon.